Hello, welcome to another McLaren Fans podcast. Uh, this week, as always, I'm joined by Sarah. Say hello, Sarah. Hello, Sarah. And um, also joined by Rachel. Hi, Rachel. Hi, everyone. I think this is, is this the second time you've been on the podcast? It is the second time, well, it's yes. the first time that you've not been here under an alias of a certain yes. McLaren dog. Excellent. That's right. I feel privileged for me to be invited on this time rather than just Fraggle. <laughs> Mind you, Rachel, didn't you say that Fraggle might join in at some point? He may well do, yeah. He um, usually makes himself known. So, um, yeah, you might hear him. Special guest appearance. Yeah, oh, <laughs> look forward to that. Um, on this week's episode, we're going to, of course, cover the French Grand Prix. Uh, but we're also going to ask a couple of questions this week. Can we win the DHL fastest pit stop this season? Sarah's going to tell us a little bit more about that. Unsafe releases. Should teams get docked championship points as well as a fine? Have you heard of the McLaren Thursday car and the story behind it? And finally, we're probably going to ask, what did Lando find in his car at the end of the race? Um, So we've got all that to look forward to. So without further ado... Let's get into the race weekend. So, um, yeah, French Grand Prix, the one that hurts everybody's eyes because of the lines <laughs> on the side of the track. I thought you um, meant because of the big Richard Orlinsky gorillas all around the track. Oh, I still don't get the, what they're there for, <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, in, interesting sort of trophies, aren't they, with the gorillas on them and stuff like that. But yeah, um, so... I thought we had a, a fairly decent sort of uh, couple of practice rounds. Obviously, we've brought upgrades. It we is. all like upgrades, and mm-hmm. we especially like upgrades that seem to work. Um, and just one thing that I noticed this weekend that nobody mentioned at all. I might have missed. I might have totally missed it on coverage. Nobody mentioned it. Nobody mentioned the P word, porpoising. Uh, it's been. <laughs> Topic for weeks and weeks and weeks, and then all of a sudden, nobody's talking about it anymore, and you don't see the drivers bouncing along as much as they did before, and everything else. Well, like that. I don't know. When they played a played a clip of Lando and Dan side by side doing their laps to compare them, his head's going like that. You know, like that that gif we've got of him sitting in his car listening to music before the race, where he's going. Yeah, I do. I do think sometimes if you look and you look at Lando's helmet, you can see that. But on the coverage, I think they've all been a bit mocked, shall we say, piss taken for saying porpoising. And they now they tend to call it bouncing now, don't they? Right. Okay. They talk about bouncing on the track. So right. yeah, maybe maybe they're just not using the p word. Maybe maybe that's why. But yeah, I I, I think it 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 kind of shows to me. I think that they're starting to get on top of these cars now and understand them a little bit better and everything else like that. And we've probably got upgrades that are coming through now that were maybe from the first two races of the season sort of and testing and stuff like that. You know, three months into the season, that's where we're kind of starting to see these things. So, um, yeah, what, what did um, what did you make of the sort of, uh, sort of um, practice and the, uh, you know, we'll get on to qualifying in a minute, but, you know, did you have any observations or anything like that? Me Sarah. or Rach? Sarah. 
Sorry, I didn't I didn't hear my name. Um, to be honest, Andy, I can't really talk much about practice because I didn't see it. Um, as as some of the guys on the podcast may have seen, we we had a little day trip out to United Auto Sports, which we'll talk about in a a later podcast in a bit more detail. So I'm not I'm not the best person to ask about practice. All I saw was the results at the end of it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I watched a bit of uh, FP3 on the Saturday, and you know we look pretty decent in that, and the results are pretty good. And then obviously on to qualifying. Um, once again, I thought I, I sent out a tweet, and it was like, oh, finally Dan's had some luck when he got out of uh, Q1, and then. <laughs> pretty much <laughs> at the end of Q2 it was like I'll just tweet Dan's got no look <laughs> so maybe that's the look for Dan Ricardo gone in in that one sort of session there unfortunately you jinxed you jinxed the I whole jinxed thing Andy completely so yes um, yeah uh, Dan Ricardo if you want to come around and uh, have a word with me fine that's all right <laughs> I've got some cherry ripes in the fridge so it would be good <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Rachel, did you manage to catch qualifying? Um, I was on the way back from, as Sarah mentioned, United Auto Sports, so I managed uh, to get right. in sort of halfway through Q2, I think, um, yeah. by the time I arrived back. But, Just in um, time for Dan to go out. Yeah, exactly that. <laughs> might not, might not yeah, be needed was... to this time, eh? Right? <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was, I mean, it, it, couldn't, it wasn't as bad as it could have been because of the engine penalties, which obviously moved him up a couple of places as well, so... Yeah. Yeah. Um, and obviously Lando's position was um, really good. So there's definitely some positives from it. Shows that the upgrades looked like they were certainly working on the under a single lap at least. Yeah. I certainly saw a lot of people talking on social after Lando qualified in fifth saying, well, we're on for a podium tomorrow. And that was the bit where I was cautiously optimistic and I held myself back and I thought, no, they've got these upgrades on. We don't really know where we're sitting yet. Don't go don't go saying we're going to get a podium and and you know disappoint yourself on race day. Well, I think that was that's... me saying I'd like a podium on race day, but oh, it would always it was, like a podium. It was a, like... it would have been a podium where there was a lot of incident in front of us. It's really. a bit like saying so I'd like an ice cream, but I don't go and get one out of the freezer every five minutes. You know, I'm more realistic and more measured. So <laughs> I'd like a podium, and I'd like us to win every race. But meanwhile, back in the real world. That's not the case. So, um, so yeah, I thought Lando did very, very well in qualifying. I was just a bit more measured in the way I got excited about it, you know. Um, yeah, so shall we move on to race day, Andy? Yeah, why not? I mean, obviously, I think the starting fifth and ninth gave us a good chance to get some points. Yes. And that was the thing. It's like, right, can we get some more double points this season? Um, you know, Granted, you know, I would have settled for uh, Dan to just be in the points and stuff like that at the end of it. Let's just get those double points. Let's go for it. Um, I thought um, we did quite well in the race. I thought Dan had a great start. Um, yes. And I th- then I realised that it looked like a better start than it was because Lando had a bit of a bad start and they kind of sort of yeah, um, <laughs> when you looked at it again on the replay Alonso had one of those amazing starts that he seems to do every now and then and you just can't kind of compensate for that that Al- Alpine was um, off Alpine. like a rocket Alpine. 
En français, Andy. Alpine. Oui. <laughs> yeah. All I would say is, he's, Lando's always hard on himself. I'm always the first person to say that. And he said, oh, I didn't have a good start. I was trying a few things out. I actually thought he was prudent in what he did. Because if he'd have tried racing down the middle, he would have ended up in a sandwich there. You know, we, we looked at the overhead replays of the start. And Lando yeah. hanging back ensured that he didn't have a prang at the beginning as well, you know. Once, Sandwich or a baguette. Well, in, indeed. <laughs> or, or any, yeah, a baguette indeed. Or maybe a croque monsieur, I don't know. Yeah. But um, but it would have been croque if he'd got in the middle of that sandwich. So at that point, he had to yield those places just to avoid any kind of impact. And I think that's important because otherwise our race is over. We are here to collect good points. We are here to scoop up the points at every race. So, you know, yeah. I, th- I thought he was sensible there. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. What did you think of the, the sort of start of the race and uh, that, Rachel? Yeah, I agree. I think it was um, probably the right thing to do for him to um, hang back there and be sensible. Um, there's no point in glory hunting where we are this season. We might as well um try and get around the first corner and then hope we can pick up more from later in the race, depending on what happens further along the line. Um, I think Alonso getting ahead of us obviously then shaped the rest of the race for us, really. Um, didn't seem to be able to get much further um, as we went through. But I mean, it was a positive race overall, I think, in terms that, you know, we still got those double points. But um, yeah, the Alonso train. <laughs> we were stuck there unfortunately but um, we, we didn't get anywhere near DRS on him so um, yeah that shows our pace that yeah sadly despite the upgrade it does look like we weren't ahead of Alpine on the race pace Did yeah. you hear his cheeky radio message guys? Yeah us to get closer to ruin our tyres yeah yeah. Well he's, he's a wily old fox isn't he so He is he is yes indeed but so, no, you know, I think we, we had some upgrades there and I think there was sign of improvement in the race, but not that they were working as brilliantly as many had hoped. And I reckon that just might time, take a bit of time just to know exactly what we've got in the package and get there. I think it also yes, takes a couple of races to get them tweaked as well, you know. Yep. It's, yep. it's not like you, you know, stick a new floor on and immediately you find a second a lap. It never happens. It's never. I think some people expect that. Um, you got. You got to remember as well as other teams are bringing upgrades to the races as well, and you know, kind of uh, maybe not as publicly as what ours were, but certainly, um, you know that it. You know, we didn't change that car. We'd go backwards, so we've got to move forward and put bits and pieces on them and stuff like that, and see what's coming through. So. Yeah, I thought the upgrades worked like quite well. Um, and then obviously we had in the race like probably the big the big moment that shaped the whole of the race for everybody on the grid um, was Charles Leclerc just driving off the side of the track into the tyre barrier just for a laugh, it seemed. Um, I do feel for him a little bit because, you know, he's but it does seem what we've seen that it is a driver error. Um, he was going just a little bit too fast apparently, so... He, uh, he was quick to say that as well. Yeah. Um, but my God, I felt so sorry for him when he went, no, on the radio. <laughs> I really, you know, I really felt sorry for him then. Yeah. Um, 
And then I think I even heard Max Verstappen say he felt sorry for him, and I never thought I'd hear those words come out. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, And then that that kind of triggered everybody doing their their pit stops for the race, really, Um, which uh, we double stacked. It worked very well. Our times were good. Um, There's probably people out there now that are fainting because of like being quite positive about pit stops, (laughs) but absolutely spot on from the team on the pit stops. Oh, I'm sure they'll be glad you're happy with that, Andy. They'll be, I'm sure they will, yeah. I'm they'll be sure sleeping they'll... better tonight now. I'm, I really hope so. <laughs> I can just imagine them saying that miserable bastard on the podcast thought our pit stops were all right this week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, if they want to come round for a cup of tea and a cherry, right, fine, come round. We can discuss it. <laughs> um, yeah, but one thing that we kind of were involved with but indirectly was um, when Ferrari released, it was, I think it was Carlos. Yep. And it was a bit of an unsafe release. Was it Alonso that went past him at the same time? Or was it Albon? It was a blue car. <laughs> it was a Williams like or an Alpine. The, the red car and the blue car had a race. Yeah, yeah. I know the one you mean. But yeah. what worried me most about all of that was the fact they were so close to our pit crew. Oh, that um, mechanic that moved that tyre, if you hadn't moved that tyre, that tyre would have pinged off and hit somebody or, wow. And the reaction to do that, yep. me. But yeah. that, and this is the thing, obviously, then Carlos got a five-second penalty for that. But he's, Carlos isn't the one that pushes the button. And I think if you've seen the footage that's been out there today, actually, it was Carlos ignoring a red light. Was um, it? So I've seen some footage of that and the stills, and it looks like the red light was still on. He basically went forward as soon as they took it off the jacks, and yeah, he ignored the just... light. So actually, it was probably on Carlos that one. Right. Well, that just um, absolutely buggers up Andy's question. Up my whole question. Championship points as well as a fine for unsafe releases. Oh, I've not, not seen any case, video today. Nothing happened. It was definitely the team's fault. <laughs> I, know, I know where you're coming from, Andy, because in the past we've seen a lot of a lot of things that aren't on the driver, and then the drivers drivers race is penalised because of it. Yeah, yeah. So what you're you're saying is if it's not the driver's fault. Should it be the driver that gets penalised? That's what you're saying, isn't it? Yeah. And I think that, you know, if the team are releasing the driver out into traffic and it's an unsafe release, well, you know, and and it's on a green light. Let's just add that as the, the, <laughs> the caveat Sorry. there as well. You won't invite me back now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, you know, I, I think, you know, maybe the, the team should be docked two championship points maybe something like that i mean i don't think it should be you know tens 15s of points but two championship points might not hurt some some teams more than others but um yeah i don't know it just just might just a thought well when that happened i was like well yeah what's your thoughts rachel um i think it's it's hard it's everyone sort of says it's a team sport so, yes, it may be the team's fault, not the driver's fault, but you win, you lose as a team is what we always say. So I think in that scenario, the time penalty probably is enough from my personal point of view. Um, it's difficult as well because it's sometimes it's the magnitude of what's happened as a result of it. Because sometimes you see the unsafe release and if they have hit somebody or if they've hit, 
person in the pit lane obviously in those scenarios you think oh it needs more of a penalty there's got to be something else but it's yeah it's difficult one to judge but I think I think a time penalty yes it does seem unfair on the driver if they haven't ignored a red light but um but yeah personally I think it's enough let's uh let's put that out there to the listeners and see what they think feel free to tweet us and let us know your thoughts on how should a penalty be applied should it be the driver should it be the team what do you think yeah, let's let's hear people's thoughts. Um, then we kind of got into the sort of middle of the race where everybody kind of went and did some tyre saving, which is called what I like to call the nap laps. Where um... it's because of your age, Andy, you just nap then anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where there's a you know a, a little bit in the middle where everybody's field saving, tyre saving, trying to get to the end of the race on one pit stop and you just think nobody's overtaking anyone here for that and that and then it kind of um you know sort of normally come to come a bit alive in the last sort of five or ten laps then don't they uh one thing i did notice that on the straights we were hitting about 311 kilometers an hour which was uh not not too bad but obviously well down on ferrari and um uh, Red Bull, which were hitting quite a lot higher than that, but it was interesting to see. It was the first kind of speed sort of comparison. Because normally when you see those speed track things, I don't take much notice of them. Because I can remember back in sort of the Honda days, Van Dorn going through a speed trap and being the fastest car there. Yeah, yeah there was the proof. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, we were the slipstream car on a lap. So. <laughs> Speed traps don't really mean much, so um, but it was interesting to see what the top speed was. Um, and yeah, and kind of we we've sort of ended up in a in a battle with uh, Alpine for uh, constructors and and things like that. So it was kind of almost a sort of yeah, we were stuck behind Alonso, and it would have been nice if we could have kept Ocon behind Dan, but it seemed that our his tyres were going at that point and sort of really couldn't really sort of do much about it. So to finish P7 and P9, uh, I'm quite happy with that. And it's uh, Dan's first consecutive point scoring of this season, which given that we're in 11 races in? Yeah, uh, 12. 12, actually. yeah, that's quite surprising. But let's see if we can continue on that streak. So, yeah, so, um, yeah, what do you make of the... What did, what did you make of the race, Sarah? Well, I think it was a solid points gathering. We always like a bit of double muck points, don't we? Um, yes, Alpine are, I think, four points ahead of us in the constructors, but that's yeah. not something that we can't pull back. You know, I think we need to be positive mm-hmm. on this. You don't know what their development curve is compared to ours. They could be that they've put all of their things in place and we haven't yet. So, I remain positive that we're pretty neck and neck with them. Four points is nothing. And uh, with a bit of consistency, which I believe we have, given yeah. a tweet I saw you put out earlier today. Um, yeah, we we are really in with the shout for fourth place, which is our target. Yeah. Uh, the, the tweet that I put out today was that we're uh, the most consistent team by laps. Uh, we've only failed to finish uh, three laps this season which yep. is pretty good. Um, give me reliability, then work on the, the speed. That's okay. Um, yeah, so 
Uh, Rachel, what about what about you? What were your overall thoughts on the race in the end? Um, yeah, similar to Sarah. Um, pleased with the double points. It's always good to get the points in the bag. Um, still, obviously, like us to be further ahead, but what fan wouldn't? Um, I think considering we've had the upgrades and the reliability is there and um, with another race weekend coming up next weekend as well, quite quickly, I think it will be good to see our progress and, um, yeah, how we do for that one as well. Yeah, I did notice that Lando said after the race that we've taken some steps forward, but not as many as, as we need to at this point. Um, yeah. And he also mentioned that he's lost a bit of confidence with his starts, which is interesting. And I guess that's just something they're just going to have to work on in simulators and stuff like that. But yeah, I think, you know, like we said earlier, just a little bit more cautious than, uh, you know, it's, it's better to get points than not. So um, yeah. Uh, and the other thing that I noticed was that um, obviously when the drivers were in the, the pens, the <laughs> hats were very sweaty. <laughs> I thought, yes, oh, they, they've, got, they they've brought out a new hat where it's two different shades of papaya melted into each other. But no, it was just drivers with sweaty heads. So there you Mr. go. Mr. Ricardo particularly looked very damp around the cranium, did he not? I he thought, did. <laughs> yeah. thought that hat's going in the bin after this race. Don't give that away to anyone. No one's going to want that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure Probably someone will want it. <laughs> bit of uh, Dan Sweat, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, so let's. Um, I think that kind of caps everything off for the race, unless uh, you've you've got anything to to add, Rachel or Sarah. No, I think I think that's uh, that just about sums it up. We yeah. need to be in fourth place. We're four points behind fourth place at the moment, and we're halfway through the season. So let's keep plugging away. Yeah, there's you know plenty of races to go. Um, you know. Basically, um, plenty of points to get as well. So, uh, Sarah, um, let's talk pit stops. And for once, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> let me let me get technical and share my screen. So, guys, Andy sent me the. Uh, the challenge of talking about pit stops as part of today's podcast. And he wanted to know how well we were doing. So I thought what we'd do is we'd take stock of where we are at this point in the season um, and look up some facts. So here, here are my findings. Um, we have had the fastest pit stop at four races out of the 12 races this season. Now, I think that's pretty good. Consistency, uh, isn't it? Yeah, certainly is. Yeah. Wait for the next fact, though. We have been in the top three fastest pit stops at seven out of the 12 races so far this season. Now, I think that's brilliant because even when we're not the fastest, we're still in the majority of races right up there. And that's what you want to see. You want to see that we're up there and we're doing well. Looking at the DHL pit stops website, which is where they hold all the stats on this because they sponsor the fastest pit stops. Overall, McLaren are second behind Red Bull in the overall table. And what they do is they assign points. So I think the, the, the fastest people over a weekend get 25 points. Second place gets 18 and so on and so on. So this table on screen shows you what they've added up across the teams. Hass 
not looking so good there, are they? And surprisingly, low Mercedes down the table as well. I'd yeah, really I was looking um, But yeah, look how good we're doing. Look, we're really up there with Red Bull, and I think that's fabulous. That's that's something to to really be proud of. And my last pit stop fact is uh, that we have the second fastest pit stop of the season so far. So that previous slide shows you all the pit stops added up. This is looking for a, a single pit stop and looking for the fastest. Um, and that was in Austria. Daniel Ricciardo, 2.25 seconds. We're just behind, behind Ferrari, who have the fastest overall at 2.23. We're ahead of Red Bull on 2.27. So... Even the, even the fourth fastest in the table and the seventh fastest are McLaren as well. So I think that's something to be really proud of. And I will, don't want to hear any noises out of you, Andy Donnelly, about pit stops. <laughs> it positive going forward now that I've given you these pit stop facts. Excellent. No, that, that's good. I mean, you know, it would be interesting um, if you keep all of these, we can compare them at the end of the season. See how we sure will. And I shall, uh, I shall tweet these out as well so we can share them with the McLaren fans cast yeah. followers. Excellent, excellent. Uh, yeah, have you got anything on pit stops to add, Rachel? No, just um, it's really pleasing to see how, how well we're doing, um, especially looking at where um, our closest rivals, Alpine, are on that list as well. They weren't at all in that top 10 of the fastest. And although they were, I think, fourth on the other slide, they were quite far back in the number of points by comparison. So... Yeah, those seconds could could really be the difference between us getting that fourth place come the end of the season. I think so too. And wouldn't that make Andy happy if the uh, the reason <laughs> we managed to get fourth place up ahead of Alpine was down to our pit stops? I mean, that would be brilliant, wouldn't it? You know, um, we we would be well. I'd be very happy about that. And um, yeah, if that's the case, then yeah, you know, might even do a little dance, little jig. Like, uh, like Pitbull, we'll hold you to that. Yeah, like, yeah, like Pitbull, Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Um, quick question for you guys each What's your favorite McLaren car? Because I'm going to talk about one of my favorite ones in a second. Rachel, what's your favorite one? Oh, I've probably got two. I think the classic, the MP44. Yeah, I think a lot of people would say that one. Yeah, um. And then I think personally, probably ooh, MP4 13, um, right. being a Mika fan. Um, yes. I think, yeah, that one's got a special place in my heart as well. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Sarah? MP44. Um, I had a birthday cake made that looked like the MP44, which I was always very proud of. But actually, my one of my favourites, because of seeing it on the boulevard at MTC, is the one you're about to speak about. Yes. So um, this is the McLaren M7C. And uh, is this is going to work. As you can see there, there's a picture of it uh, in on the boulevard. And um, this is known as the Thursday car. Uh, the reason being is that we only ran this particular car in this configuration, on one day, on a Thursday in Monaco. Um, and that was in um, 1969. Bruce McLaren drove it. Uh, and it is one of the kind. One sa- one chassis of this car, only ever made. And uh, it's pretty unique. And if you're watching on 
um, YouTube, and don't worry, we'll we'll tweet the photo out later, you'll see that this car has something that you've probably never seen on any other F1 car before, and that has a really high front wing as well as a really high rear wing. And it was around the time where um, teams were just starting to get into aerodynamics and sort of understand them a little bit more. And they put this um, uh, rear wing on, it's quite high, give us a lot of downforce at the back. But unfortunately, what that would do is it would lift the front of the car a little bit. So they put this um, re- this big wing over the front wheels to push the, the front wheels down as well. Uh, we ran it for that one day. And um, it also got the nickname of the guillotine car. <laughs> um, and that was basically, after that day, it was banned, essentially because there was a great worry from the FIA or who, whoever was in charge back then um, for Formula One that in an accident, that front wing could come down and cause quite an injury to the driver. Um, the car was a variation on the M7A, which most of you will know was the car that Bruce won his first race in Spa in. So it was a, an evolution of that. Um, a couple of other little facts that people might not know about this, but it was the first car that we had that was Papaya. It was also the first car that we had that had a Kiwi on it. Um, and it was our first car that had the Cosworth DFV engine, um, double four valve engine, uh, which was used by the team until 1983. So if you think that went in the car in 1968 and we use it all the way to 1983. Not the that, same one, though. Not the same one, no. I think they probably used <laughs> Yeah. So there you go. That is um, the... Uh, a, sh- a short little history there of the Thursday car and, and probably one of my favourite cars uh, in the McLaren collection. Obviously not my collection. I wish it was, but there you go. So, uh, yeah, I hope, uh, hope that... Any questions on that, Sarah or, or Rachel? I mean, you've both seen the car in the flesh. Um, and, uh, and slightly naked. And, and it's slightly naked, yeah. Well, uh, Friday, yeah. Did, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, was, um, I, was, I was quite, yeah... I looked at that and I was like, oh, my God, you've taken my favourite car apart. <laughs> Please put it back together again. <laughs> it's probably worth just mentioning, although we're going to talk more about our tour of United Autosports in, in more detail on a future episode, that we know the Thursday car is there and not on the boulevard now because it's being looked after and given some love. Yeah. It might have looked looks brilliant to the naked eye, but unfortunately it wouldn't have run in the state it was there. Um yeah. So it's being given a bit of TLC now and and um, the work that's been done by the fabulous Dickie Stanford and Paul Flower Hager at, at um, United Autosports will see this car running on track and available for us all to see moving around, not just static. So yeah. that's really going to be worth it. Yeah, I hope to see that soon. Most um, definitely. Yeah, uh, that kind of brings us to the end of this week's Um We've got a quick preview of the Hungarian Grand Prix, Sarah. Yes, so next up, we're heading to the Hangara Wing, where um, Andy and I have been a couple of times with groups of friends. It's a a really great circuit to visit, and we love it there. Budapest is a beautiful city, and it's a fab circuit, and very reasonably priced to go to if you're ever thinking about it. So, yes, we're, we're looking forward to the Hungarian Grand Prix. 
Um, no one's going to forget last year's race where a certain Mr. Bottas ended up sort of spearing Lando and, and wrecking our race before we'd even gone around the first corner. Um, usually a Mercedes stronghold, but I'm not sure whether that will still be the case now with these 2022 cars. It will be interesting to see. And we did have the more mixed up situation with Esteban Ocon winning the race last year. One thing to note is the weather. It is very, very hot in Hungary normally, and it is more hot than usual there right now. Uh, when we've been there, there's often some you know, extreme rain and thunderstorms, and then it cools down before it heats up again. So could there be a mix-up of that this weekend? Could we see a real challenge with wet and dry weather? It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. I've seen the long rain forecast. It is looking like that for um, Saturday and Sunday, actually. There's, um, yeah, showers forecast and thunderstorms. So when it, when it rains there, Rachel, let me tell you, it doesn't mess about. It's torrential. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, that is definitely all we've got time for now. Hope everybody's enjoyed it. If you uh, have, please share the link, like, and um, also, if you could leave us a review on iTunes or Google Podcasts, that makes a huge difference to us. That'd be great. Um, and finally, just want to say thanks to Rachel for joining us. Thank you very much. Thank you and, for having uh, me. Uh, thanks, Sarah, for coming along again this week. You know, every week. Brilliant. And uh, we'll be back with you guys after the race at the Hungaroring.